Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. For this episode, there's enough effects to make your head spin. The studio is betting they have another win, and there's even a cameo or three to elicit a grin. That's right, we're talking Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Salutations. And Joel Killingsworth. Hello. Hello, indeed. So that's right. We have on deck Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse Boogaloo, <laughs> also known as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The, the latest in MCU, Disney, Marvel conglomerate of films. Just, just another piece of the puzzle added to the big ball of inertia this is what like film 26 27 oh, it's way up there phase <laughs> four there are a lot of franchises that don't have four films and marvel's like well we've entered phase four well and there's a lot of things that you have to watch before you get to this film it's to funny. understand it it's funny you should bring that up because for our intro topic we're gonna do something a little different and we're going to talk about some required reading. Man, how did you like that segue? I was, that was just, just that was fantastic. He just rolled right up on I it. I just lobbed it out there. I just blasted I, it I have waited for this discussion for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, this is one of two discussions that we've been sitting on for a while. The other one you don't get to know about because that's for an episode sometime in the future. So we're going to approach this as spoiler-free as possible. I just... I want to reiterate that to both of you because this is dangerous territory. Right. So, but let's go ahead and lay out what we're talking about with, with in, in terms of required Dr. Reading. Strange. Yes. Right. Because for this, you definitely need to have seen the first Dr. Strange movie, but that's, that's kind that's of logical. A, yeah. It's a no brainer. This is Dr. Strange too. You should probably see Dr. Strange one. You also need to have seen the Disney plus series WandaVision. Yes. Which is a, an excellent piece of media in its own right. So like that's, you know, that's okay, mm -hmm. but there, there are other potential issues because that's a TV show and not a movie and it's behind a paywall and a subscription service and not in the theater and all that kind of stuff. But then there's a whole bunch of references that are made in this film that if you have not been keeping up with the MCU at large, you're, you're probably going to be a little lost. So, so what if I posited something else? Hmm. That the least required reading of this movie is the first Doctor Strange movie. I would probably agree with this. Oh, interesting. I don't think that any of the, the again, trying to say spoiler free, I don't think that any of the plot points really rest on you having knowledge of. You just be like, oh, that's important to him. Oh, this is this person's important to them. Oh, okay. Uh, I accept this because they're a full-fledged person. The, I mean, basically, as, essentially, as long as you've seen Infinity War and Endgame, that's pretty much all the Doctor Strange you really there, need. There, there are there are a couple of his allies that you would. You, their characters are established in the original. It would Doctor help. Film. It would help to know who Wang is. Yeah, Wong, Wong, Wong. Who is the name Wong. of the the actor? Uh, I thought they were. I thought no, his, they were both Wong. I thought, no, I'm pretty both, sure his yeah, last ben, name is also ben, Wong. There's Benjamin Cumber or Benedict, Benedict. Cumber Cumberbatch, and then Benjamin Wong. Yeah, and then it. he's also playing Wong. Wong. That's what threw me. I really wanted yeah. to make it at least a little harder, but no, he's, I, I always hesitate on those kinds of actors where it's like, oh, you played the same name as you, or it rhymes with your name. It's like, do you, 
are you bad at names or I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. So um, required reading for just. Uh, it's, ben, it's, it's even worse than that. It's Benedict Wong. Oh, oh that's like really? Wong. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. Not ben. I, I knew they had the exact same name. I just yeah. got it mixed up. Um, so required we reading is going to just be the general term that mm-hmm. we're going to be using mm-hmm. here, uh, instead of required watching or homework or anything like that, just required reading is what it is because that is what you had to do in grade school. Whenever you had a literature class or whatever, you had required reading to take a test or stuff like that. And right. essentially these new films are tests on if you've seen the stuff before it. And recently too, because even if you've seen some of these films and it's been several years, Looking at Andrew, yeah. some things may just be lost on you because it's been a couple of years. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are character references and stuff in this new film that just kind of happen. And for me, I'm just like, that's just a character. And I've, I've definitely seen every single MCU film. I watched it all in chronological order over the pandemic. And it probably doesn't help that I watched them all pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of time to like marinate on each film. But I didn't remember basically anything that happened in the original Doctor Strange film besides the fact that Rachel McAdams was in it. Mm-hmm. Well, Again, this is why I posit that Strange One <laughs> might be the least required reading of the other list that we gave. Mm-hmm. But before we delve into like the pitfalls inherent in a required reading setup, right? let's talk about for a moment the why someone would do this. Why has the MCU set themselves up in such a manner that they are, by the very nature of their construction, interconnected, required to, to have right. this mechanism? And, and so I think the, the biggest deal is the potential to have an audience that uh, continues to reap emotional benefit out of basically a single buy-in. Right. Yeah, or a single line of dialogue or. Well, I mean, you, you have you have emotional investment in characters and mm-hmm. storylines. You really like the right? first Iron Man movie. And so now you're going to go see Thor because you're going to go see Iron Man in Avengers. But you probably kind of need to know something about the other people. So we'll go see that, too. Well, they just made money off the fact you like Iron Man. So like from a monetary perspective, that makes sense. But it also makes sense in terms of why is this something that as an audience member, I would want to have and want to see. One of the potential benefits is not only I'm paying money to go see this other thing, but it's also that I want to see this other thing where this character that I know and love Mm -hmm. is showing up in this other thing that's not directly related to him, but I get to enjoy his presence and I get extra feel-good chemicals because (laughs) I am am reaping the benefits of a previously made emotional investment in a character. Yeah. And it so um, the the closest analog that I I have is basically like shonen anime. So like whenever like shonen anime is uh, a long running TV series like Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. or One Piece or uh, Bleach, Naruto, those kind of things. And whenever you know you have these conversations of like oh what's what's your favorite anime or what you know what's your what's the best anime and you can't really say these kind of shows because they have such a long time to develop characters Mm -hmm. and develop emotional stakes that matter, you know, 300 episodes down the line, whereas it's a very, it's a much slower going kind of story just because the progression just happens at a slower pace because there's just such a large amount of episodes Mm -hmm. in between. So with the MCU, that's kind of what they're doing is it's, you know, comic books are always just been kind of, you know, the nerd soap opera, right? 
um, where you have you have characters that die and then they come back to life. And then you have the character that turned evil for for, you know, a movie or a comic book or an arc. And then they come back and they've redeemed themselves mm-hmm. because of something, something else. And we have the long lost brother, the long exactly. lost yeah. son. Et exactly. Yeah. And, and that is a, like it is just soap opera, but for nerds. And, you know, granted, it is a, a very well produced soap opera and it is engaging most of the time. And with that, you have these emotional payoffs, especially I'll say with Endgame and, and uh, Infinity War that have just these emotional crescendos that, I mean, even as a non-comic book fan or superhero fan like myself, when I watched it without any other context from the other films, I hadn't seen them yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was actually a pretty fun ride. Mm-hmm. And I can feel like, and that's kind of what made me want to go watch the other films. So, you know, in that perspective they did a really good job with it and this is this is a technique that is not new with the mcu at all like i mean you get it internally in long-running series like you talked about Mm -hmm. with anime but also you have like the whole crossover craze in like the late 90s and early 2000s of primetime television serials where they would be like we're at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. We're going to have a crossover episode with the show that runs on 9 p.m. on Wednesdays. Yeah, with the of the Warrior Princess yeah, and Hercules. Right? Like yeah. our main characters are going to show up with their main characters in their episode. And you have to go watch both shows if you want that whole arc because it's a two-parter. Yeah. And so that it's a great way to have not only cross-promotion, but you still tap into this, hey, I get to see my favorite characters in this other thing that they're not normally in. And that feels good. Mm-hmm. So what I like here, just thinking about as y'all are talking, is, you know, franchises like Ghostbusters and Star Wars had to wait anywhere from 20 to 40 years to nostalgia bait fans. And Marvel was like, <laughs> hold my beer. I want to nostalgia bait something that happened last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. No, as, as that exact same uh, comparison came to mind as I was describing it, is that you know, because the, the entire process of storytelling can be described as just hacking the audience's brain. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so the question then comes as to what is <laughs> white hat hacking and what is malicious black, hacking. Black hat. Yeah. How, how many times can you press the button before your brain just gives out because you can't have any more treats? <laughs> well, and, and that's kind of where the conversation for require, required reading um, kind of comes up from the sense of, okay, I'm an outsider that, you know, my friends are all into Marvel films mm-hmm. and I, I am, you know, just the, the guy, I'm the weirdo that doesn't, the never seen one or anything like that. But, you know, they all like, oh, hey, do you want to go see the new Doctor Strange movie? Like, yeah, sure. That sounds like fun. It's a good, you know, outing with some friends. Oh, actually, you need to go watch WandaVision. Oh, you probably actually need to go see Infinity War and Doctor Strange 1 and Endgame. And, and, and you know, no way home. No way home and, might might actually help you to understand this. And you know, maybe what maybe what if? Yeah, yeah. And and like and that's that's the problem that you kind of run into. Well, you, with, you have a built-in fan base that you've slowly built over time, mm-hmm. but injecting new fans it, is a is, bit of a harder. Hard, yeah, there's a huge learning curve, and there's a lot of buy-in. Yes, it's a lot of. I mean, it's a big time commitment, especially when you consider that some of these pieces you know, you're gonna. At this point right now, you go to Disney Plus, you stream most of it, basically. I, I think the it. only one you can't stream is, oh, no, No Way Home is on there now, too. Yeah. But, um, but at one point in time, you know, we had stuff that was split over Netflix and it was only, there was other stuff that was only in movies. Mm-hmm. And obviously Disney's done a good job of condensing that, but we still have the issue of, well, if you want to buy a you know $20 movie ticket to go see this movie, you first have to pay $20 for a month of Disney Plus to binge three shows or mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
And, and with with that, like it, it feels kind of predatory. Well, because it's it's clearly a conscious effort for them that not it, and it may not be predatory from from their perspective of we're only in it to make money because clearly like a lot of the creators for these shows do have passion mm-hmm. for the product that they're making. Well, and and give them credit, unlike certain other franchises of recent memory, they obviously have some form of an outline somewhere that they're reasonably following. Well, it helps that they've had they have literally like ages Step. of comics. And that's that's also a detriment. Right. It there's, is. There's, yeah. there's a lot to wade through. There. There's some really bad stories in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Just be yeah. honest. There's, there's some, some clunkers. I, I had another thought, and then I lost. Well, I'll it. pick it up Go from there. It. Not only talking about the paywall issue with now I need to be subscribed to Disney Plus in order to specifically get access to the shows that never aired in theaters. So mm-hmm. there's no reasonable way for me to have seen them anywhere else. It just don't exist anywhere else. You know, that that is, you know, you can you can argue that a couple of different ways because if you're just picking up a subscription for that one service, mm-hmm. you can get it for less than the price of a single movie ticket for a month. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so if you view it that way, then it's just, well, I'm buying a cheap ticket and I get one season of this show and whatever else I can happen to watch in a, in a month. But, yeah, which is roughly, you know, uh, two, two or three full films yeah. worth. So, I mean, like if you're looking at ROI from the single ticket purchase, it's actually good. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it doesn't seem to, just because of the way that the pricing bracket works out, it doesn't seem too predatory from that perspective. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're also crossing not only where you're viewing the media but the type of media itself okay yeah well now what's let me flip that one because you, you used the key term and it brought me back to my thought oh you there we go predatory okay <laughs> so let's let's look at some of the other pieces of material that has come out surrounding some of these movies some of the other tv shows right that haven't had as high of an acclaim well in some senses if you again, we strip that framework away of oh well, I, I watched this movie because I really like this character and he was in that movie and I love that movie and now he's going to be in this movie so I want to watch this movie even though it's about this other character because I really like that character right yeah. I'm just going to do this. Well, we hit these points where what if the stories that they are telling just aren't good enough on their own and when you don't have that cross pollination buy in of oh well, I really like that character but now he's in this show and the story just isn't good enough. Because you can get away, right? You can you can plaster over a lot of faults with the the crowd jumping up and roaring. Uh, yeah, it's like you know you, you had the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's yeah, you pointing point. at the screen. Well, the most egregious example of this is not in the Marvel set, <laughs> but it's actually in the Star Wars set. Yes. Yeah. With- Book of Boba Fett, right? Mm, yes. Because you have the buy-in from everybody who enjoyed Mandalorian season one and two. Mm. And, and just general Star Wars fans. Yeah. And and with Book of Boba Fett, by and large, uh, it of course has its fans. But but for the most part, you just have to slog through the stuff that's sort of about Boba Fett in order to get the two and a half episodes that are about The Mandalorian, which then becomes required re- required reading, air quotes, for season three of Mandalorian, whenever that comes out. For yeah. season three. It's because because yeah. stuff happens that changes the status quo for the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you start up season three of Mandalorian. Like, what what are you doing? Where why are you here? Why are right? you, where, yeah, yeah, we yeah, missed, this is not where we left off. Yeah. yeah. This is weird. And whenever that happens, it's it's off-putting from a fan's perspective. Like so, like my dad, um, he doesn't, you know, they don't watch like any of the TV shows or anything like that. That's on they only watch The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the only reason why they have Disney Plus, as far as I know. 
and <laughs> wow. um, and I and I know that they are really big Doctor Strange fans, mm-hmm. and I know that he's going to want to go see the new film, but they haven't seen WandaVision. Yeah, they haven't seen Loki, and whenever. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like if I went and see, saw that movie with him or the next time I see him and he's already seen it, he's going to have so many questions yeah. that I can't really answer besides just you probably just need to go see the show. Yeah. Um, and like you, if you, you come out of it with that many questions, then the experience just wasn't there for you. Yeah, because you're you're watching the film. And you're like, well, that's happening. I have no idea who this is. I yeah. don't know why this is happening. I don't know why, you know, whatever whatever choices that these characters are making, they just have no emotional weight for me. So, you know, kind of like you were saying, you, a story is hacking your brain whenever you're watching a film. Yeah. And this is just a very, like, bad way to do it if you're already not in tune with that. And it's not fair to the people that just may not be, you know, hardcore fans. Like, I mean, like for us, we're all going to go see, you know, probably every MCU movie that comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and not, you know, part of one is just because we're on the podcast and we won't, we're going to review it. But then at the same time, like. I've, I'm already, you know, I'm I'm twenty something odd ep- or episodes episodes uh, in the Marvel uh, show. Yeah, yes, um, yeah. you know, and I'm that far in. I already have emotional investment, and whether or not I find every single film or every single character compelling, I'm still going to go watch it because I either want to know if it's going to be a train wreck or if it's actually going to, you know, and make me involved in the story a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's an inertia. It's a pot commitment feeling. Mm-hmm. Although I will say I, I, I chuckled when you said because we've all seen every one of them. We'll keep seeing them. So I, I pulled up that list, right, of every Mar- MCU related piece in chronological order. It was, it was an incorrect list, though, because it had shows that it, have been disavowed it, but, by the MCU on it. But it has – it's close <laughs> enough in terms of number. Joel already coming in hot. I know. <laughs> it's close enough. In term, it took every TV show that's ever been produced with a Marvel tag on it, basically broke it out. You know, we start with, I think, Captain America, the first Avenger as the first chronological. Sure, order. yeah. And we move forward from there. And at the end of the list, there's 80 entries. There's more than 80 entries mm-hmm. in the list. I haven't seen half of them. Well, Easy. I mean, I mean, definitely none of the TV shows. The only TV shows that oh, I've there, seen there are, are. There are whole movies I still have never watched in Marvel. Really? Oh, do you want to, do you want to, do we want to play this game of I mean, okay. how much Steven spackles in the knowledge of the movie just based on the fact that he, he was interested in comic books as a kid and grew up in this era and also has Wikipedia? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I watched, I quotation marks, watched the entire series of Game of Thrones without watching a single episode until the final episode. Yeah. So, so, so you want to, you want to have some fun? I've seen one Thor movie. I mean, you're only missing out on Ragnarok, so that's fine. Hold on. I'm going to make people angry. I've never seen Civil War. No, I have seen Civil War. I take it back. I've never seen Winter Soldier. I mean, it was fine. I don't I don't uh, think it's the the golden goose that a lot of people make it out to be. I've never seen Ant Man or the second Ant Man. You're not missing out on anything. Okay, so trying to bring <laughs> it back. <laughs> bringing it back. I do wanna do focus, wanna, do wanna flip this on its head. We've talked about some of the the problems with this kind of what, thing. What's the advantage? What's the payoff? Right. So we talked we that? talked about no, it being uh, well, let's talk about an example yeah, of, yeah. Of, a, of a payoff working well with required reading. And I think that the best example in recent memory is Spider-Man No Way Home because you you have all of the investment from the the previous Spider-Man franchise films. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a special level of it required is, reading because it it's this different is, studios. It is. And, but you pull all of that together and I have, I have never been in a movie theater that cheered so hard for characters coming on screen, not even Force Awakens 
right? And like like when when the old Han and Chewie yeah. and the Falcon came on, there was some cheering, but it did not compare to to Spider Man. So what's what's impressive too is at that point in the MCU, they know they're nostalgia baiting, and if you go and watch those scenes at home by yourself, there's no music behind it because they expect the audience to cheer. You're mm. providing the score for that moment. So it's almost something that has to be enjoyed in theater because if you're by yourself, you're just like, man, this is a really awkward scene. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so I mean, kind of on the point for for Spider Man um, is that's I mean, like okay, so let's say you you do the bare minimum of of what you need to watch. You watch Spider Man one and Spider Man two because the character, mm-hmm. the bad guy in in No Way Home is is. Oh, I've never I've never seen Amazing Spider Man two. Yeah, well, but then you watch Amazing Spider Man one at least because yeah. that has all the characters in there that you need to have, and almost. doesn't have a um, so that that's a, almost roughly eight to nine hours worth of of just commitment to mm-hmm. watch older films that may or may not be good. That, that aren't know. Marvel type. Quotation marks, they're actually they're not, pretty good. They're not MCU, quote uh, unquote. Yeah, but they're not MCU films yeah. that you have to go watch outside of this. And it's it's one of those things where it's like and me, what, you know. Well, you have two other Spider-Man films within Marvel too. Yeah, that you, that you, that you still have to go see. Yeah. But, but I guess the point is that there was such a, a response to mm-hmm. that film that if you – have if you get the buy-in and you have oh, yeah. done the required the reading then the then the payoff can like the high what i'm trying to say i guess is that the high to this model is really high well you, you yeah. go and look at it's just an expensive high yeah uh in end game is the last one end game and and there are specific scenes there where people record you know in the theater yeah. the whole crowd reaction mm-hmm. and then that goes up on youtube that, that's its own marketing campaign right not just because people are getting to see a, a snip of the film you know illegally quote unquote but they're not it's it's not getting ripped down it's just marketing yeah i mean disney didn't go to youtube like take this down for copyright infringement yeah, yeah. they were like dude uh, can we pay for ads can we can we push this <laughs> out can we boost this post <laughs> yeah well and and this is also not us saying that like um like if you go to you know if we, if, if you went and saw Re- uh, return of the jedi first before you watch a new hope and empire strikes back there's going to be a lot of context in that film that just makes just no sense lost. To totally lost and like that's good required reading in my book just because like that is part of the story that's happening and, and hypothetically the whole thing all of the characters and everything like that in the MCU that's all part of quotation marks the same story and that like that is not necessarily a bad thing i just worry like as it gets further in and now that disney has their own streaming service that they are going to force people if they don't already i mean and if you're already that into the MCU you probably already have a disney plus subscription right yeah. but at, you know at some point like they could raise their rates you know like there's all these different things because they basically control everything well they're they're, they're trying to create a a locked-in ecosystem mm-hmm. a la apple just yeah. with a different you know it's not that you have to get the new charger because the old charger you just have to go the see the new film you can see the new film or you have to have disney plus right mm-hmm. so, so i think this is an excellent topic for listener feedback uh, what sort of level of required reading do you look for in your, you know, big connected storylines and how much do you think is too much? No, and, should, and is Marvel there? Have we already jumped that shark? <laughs> I mean, well, people have been typing positing superhero or Marvel exhaustion for a decade now. Well, and, I don't, I, it, the, the numbers don't indicate that that is true. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, no, but they, the, they keep, critics keep saying, well, when, when does the, 
the fatigue set in. Yeah. And they've been that those articles have existed since Iron Man three, probably. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and the thing is, I mean, like Doctor Strange two had a, a really great opening weekend, like 180 million domestic, and then like what 400 million, 450 something, yeah, for for million. worldwide, which is fantastic for a post pandemic. That's pretty fantastic, just mm. in general. Um, you know, and uh, you know, and and the one thing that I do like about quotation marks required reading kind of stories is the fact that you don't have to set up characters in new films. Mm-hmm. Um, for, can, for the, for, that are already existing you yeah. can you can basically just say this is where they're at right now and then move on to the story and you don't you can you can get clearer conciser stro- stories the further you go in mm-hmm. whenever you, you whenever you bring in characters mm-hmm. that are um, secondary to the main character of whatever you know franchise you're in that time you just you just risk at some point when does it become unwieldy right yeah but as Joel mentioned earlier this is an excellent opportunity for some some listener feedback yeah We'd love to hear from uh, you. We'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, Spoilers Intended Podcast, or uh, go to our website, SpoilersIntendedPodcast.com. We have a link to our Discord there and jump in. And and, we, and we engage a lot on that Discord. We do, yeah. yes. So I, I think we, we covered required yeah. reading pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now, do we want to move into the main event here? little multiverse of madness. Joel, you want to give us a synopsis? Sure. So the maddening synopsis is that we have, we very quickly get introduced into a, uh, uh, a character who has the native ability to transport herself between different universes in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And she is being pursued by forces unknown and for her power. And uh, she winds up in our home universe, the one that we've been telling stories in all this time. And uh, she uh, shows up uh, being pursued near uh, where Dr. Strange is. Strange intervenes. We have a large fight. And, um, she knows strange from another universe. And so she starts talking to him about her situation and her plight and, um, what things are happening to her and mm, maddening shenanigans ensue. (laughs) Lots, lots and lots of hijinks. Yep. So on that note, what are, what are our scores? Score, score So we, <laughs> uh, so we split this up into two different categories. We've got our technical review score and our entertainment value review. And the technical score is based on an average across our four pillars of review. That being uh, spectacle performance score and plot. Mm-hmm. And for this film, our technical score is a 7.2 out of 10. Ooh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's right below respectable. That's <laughs> decent. Yeah, I think I think if you hit about a 7.5, if you can break that threshold, that's kind of... 75%. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah it I feels feel, pretty good. It feels like a grade you can... You know, C's get degrees. 7.2 is... Um, uh, clearly, there was a, a little bit of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, it was still it was still a passable film. So, so on that note, some problems in the film, but what about the entertainment score? Oh, so the entertainment. We keep this separate because it could be very different. You could have a movie that's just objectively terrible, but you just love it to bits. 
And conversely, there could be a technical masterpiece that just didn't hit with you and you didn't personally enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So uh, these values can be different. This one is not. This is a 7.3 <laughs> out of 10. Oh, wow. I actually <laughs> thought that they, they diverged and I was, mm. I misremembered. <laughs> that is. Um, okay. But, okay. So, talking so it, about was, the it was, it was moderately enjoyable. Um, on, we were, we on, were well on aggregate between the three of us. We were well. So, um, required reading aside, um, basically, like we said earlier, you, 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 you had to watch WandaVision to have any true context yeah, for the, no the context. One, the and, and, and like, we were kind of stripping away at other things that happened. You have to vaguely know of the events of Endgame. Yeah. And, and, and Infinity War. And kind of no way, no, not really no way home. Mostly actually Loki. Yeah. Actually, I was, I was, Loki, Loki even isn't really, it's really yeah. just one division. That's mm -hmm. the key piece you need. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some hints to here and there in, uh, what if for, it's, it's, it's sort of, pieces. it's, it's not any direct references because mm -hmm. it's not the same versions of those Correct. characters. Right. They, they just included some fun things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So like, I'm I am probably the the least MCU guy here. Maybe I don't know. I, maybe I maybe Stephen. True, actually. But I actually enjoyed it. Like I um I, you know I had zero expectations going mm -hmm. in, and I think this is the best way to approach um uh, I'll say like popcorn movies like this mm -hmm. is you you don't go in expecting anything. I don't know anything about comics. I don't know anything that I was ex expected to see. The only reason I was going because I knew that um, Elizabeth Olsen, who is um, Wanda Asimov or Asimov Maximoff Maximoff, Maximoff. yep uh, she, she doesn't build robots yeah <laughs> uh, she she was in the film and that's pretty much why my mm -hmm. Holly and I wanted to go she she went from being the least famous Olsen to becoming the, the most, most famous, famous Olsen yeah um, and probably making the most money um, maybe you know, I don't know I haven't thought about that <laughs> but um, but only reason why we went was because um, she was going to be in it. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was not, um, um, saddened by the lack of Wanda in the film. Um, it was, it was fantastic, mm -hmm. uh, watching her, um, be the Scarlet Witch that she always was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a Doctor Strange fan. I like Doctor Strange. I like. He's a little bit too snarky for me. Yeah, but I like the snark. I mean, it's, it's, it's. The, it, it's in, okay having one in um, uh, Tony Stark, but having two in the well, same Tony's, universe. Tony Stark's gone now, so we're okay. Wow, spoilers to Endgame. From, for a long time ago now. <laughs> I feel pretty safe. Uh, but, you know, Benjamin Cumberball is... Uh, <laughs> he's really good at the, the smug, snarky, he, he is. arrogant. He's and and he, he nails that, you know, just consistently. And I, I enjoy that. I, I like the character of Doctor Strange, too. Mm -hmm. I... Don't always particularly like the the magicians in Marvel and DC offerings because they're oftentimes just there to fill holes. He I has mean, magic does fill a lot of plot holes. It, it can it can spackle over. It can things. also create a lot of other it plot holes, cause issues. <laughs> but his brand, and especially the first Doctor Strange movie, the way it ended, I really really liked the way they played with that and kind of the the cleverness involved it's not brute force application of well i'm just going to punch you until you lose mm -hmm. there is always a a twist or a clever or an outsmart moment that happens mm -hmm. and that's really where the character shines not in just the the brute power on power applications yeah right. so that's that's the type of character i really enjoy mm -hmm. so yeah you know i was i was i was there for it and i i liked what they did i think 
you know, WandaVision was a great TV show, right? I think I think we all yeah, are, that's, are, are it's definitely well, the best that they've had to offer. Yeah, we're pretty, so far. I pretty think. well on board with that that theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, others may object and and put forth other names, and that's okay. They can be wrong. There, there's only <laughs> there's only one other contender, that, and, yes. and we haven't talked about that one yet. No. <laughs> Uh, so, Joel, what did what did you think? So, I I also don't have any comic background in either of the main characters. Okay, so we're pretty doc- much all around the same. Doctor yeah. Strange or uh, Wanda and the, the Scarlet Witch. And so, coming at this from just consuming MCU material for mm-hmm. those characters, I was actually fairly disappointed in the character writing all around for this film. Um, the... There, there is a key transition from where we left off with the character of Wanda at mm-hmm. the end of WandaVision to where we pick up with the character of Wanda here that, that there is an important change in the character, an important step in her arc yeah. that occurs off screen. And I am extremely disappointed in that. Yeah. Um I mean that's that's totally fair. And because because what you what you end up is that you end up with the character in a uh, a reduced state in that, I guess, in terms of, of possibility, right? Like they have coalesced into what they're going to be. They have become yeah. in, in terms yeah. of their and, character and you arc. you get to see the arc right? Screen. And And for a character of that importance, that feels really cheap. That's yeah, it, it did feel like um, uh, the, the plot specifically skipped a couple steps. Yeah. Um, it, it almost every other scene. Fast. Uh, uh, well, it's not even that it was fast. It's that they were skipping over important things that well, mattered. That's really what I mean. They they yeah. wanted to get to ten, so they went one, three, eight, nine there. Yeah. And then and then <laughs> the like the emotional investment for Strange in the first film was was fairly self evident, and it 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 played really well. He's mm-hmm. he's been crippled by this accident, and he like he he has a lot of emotional. He has, he has no identity left over because his entire identity was in his ability to do stuff with his hands, right? Yes, and so he's rebuilding himself from the ground up in terms of self identity, which is very compelling. Whereas in this film, um, he just he doesn't have really any sort of emotional no, no. depth to no, his heart. No, no, he's he is Marvel's newest. Uh, Tony Stark, baby mentor. Tony Stark, baby mentor. Tony Stark. <laughs> in that, oh, we have the young, up and coming Tom. He's so hot, Holland. Let's uh, put Spider Man with Doctor Strange. Oh, Tony cool. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But anyway, so like for for it to be a story about primarily these two characters, I felt neither one had a satisfactory arc, uh, I mean, which was very disappointing. That, that's fair. That's so one thing that we actually haven't uh, mentioned yet is the director, which is Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the first three Spider-Man films. He also did Evil Dead. Um, and he pulled a lot of um, horror, horror tropes elements. from the Evil Dead series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. As... I, I did too. Um, now, this is not a film you take your kids, younger no, this kids is, to. Uh, yeah. So like this film is rated PG-13. And on the violence and gore side of it, it really pushed. It is it is very close to the R rating. Yeah, and, for a and, lot and of it's it. really interesting too because there is a certain level of cursing that is mm-hmm. present in most of the slightly more adult Marvel films. Yeah, that this one actually pulled back from because because and, they I, and have I think to. it's and I think mm-hmm. it's in order to keep it from going <laughs> to R because because they how. pushed it so far on the violence and no, the that's gore. Something that Lauren mentioned when we left the theater was you know it was PG thirteen and they never used their uh, their f bomb right. right. Mm-hmm. 
And, and they, they, they even like used background noises to, to manually to bleep up. out some more mild cursing. Right. Yeah. Because probably because the cursing was there and then it got screened and they said, oh, this is going to be R. Yeah. Because that is, that is how far it pushes it on kind of the, the violence and some of the gore aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sam Raimi really pushed hard on, on his, his very unique directing style. Uh, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I under, like, there are going to be kind of split down the middle, I think, people, because mm-hmm. it is definitely one of the more, probably the most mature for for graphic violence um, in MCU, period. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and then it, you, like, it's just, it's, it is a very different MCU film than what you're used to seeing. And yep. with that, um, probably comes a lot of detractors or or a lot of people that like me that I was like, oh, this is fantastic because it's like a, you know, an artsy director taking the taking the reins of a, of a generally homogenized franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, right, I'm not a horror movie fan. Uh, neither am fan. I. This is kind of the right amount of horror because there's a lot of things. <laughs> horror restrained by, okay, but you have to be PG-13. Yeah, well, well, it's not just <laughs> well, that. And, and it's just MCU. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there are horror or very intense films that really aren't, you know, that violent or gory and they're still terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of the, that perfect amount, a little bit of a treat where you kind of have to accept because superheroes and the powers they wield are at a very base level kind of horrifying mm-hmm. because this is one person who could do this or something happens when, you know, you're a, a child and you're still learning your powers and you just kill someone or whatnot. There, there is an element of horror associated yeah. with mm-hmm. having this much power. So to just kind of ignore it and avoid it and it's always the shining beacon of hope Superman is kind of boring. So you have to have a little bit of this for, for flavor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spice. Yeah. Um, uh, Joel, did you, did you want to add anything? No. No? No. Um, well, I'm just going to keep going then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, w- I won't go that long. Um, but uh, yeah, like the, the thing that, that's really fun um, whenever you have these kind of like horror tropes and everything that you get kind of thrown into a franchise that you're not used to seeing um, have those, you also know that it's not going to, it's, it, this is not a horror film, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know that it's going to end in a big CGI fight or it's going to end, it, it's not going to be like, you know, well, everyone's a zombie now and everyone dies and it's just a sad thing. Like, so you you can, like, as a director, you can really kind of throw in some of those fun things mm-hmm. without it being too risky. Yeah. yeah, you're on rails. They have a formula. Yeah. That you must follow because the formula is how you make money. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, unless I'm dreaming, we're moving on to the intermission. If you want to avoid the corrupting influence of spoilers, then we're glad you stuck with us this far. Before you go, if you liked what you heard, check out the rest of our content at spoilersintendedpodcast.com. On the other hand, if this is the version of you who ignores all warnings and forges ahead into the darkness, then grab hold of the nearest interdimensional teenager and get ready for the madness. Alrighty, everyone, welcome back from the intermission. Hope you enjoyed a quick little break. If you didn't get the message, it is all spoilers all the time, all the way down from here. And let's get strange. We are <laughs> going to get a little weird with it. I don't know about 
I mean, he just like it's clobbering time. <laughs> okay, I don't know. There was a Fantastic Four reference in the film. There, I mean, there was. We're past the spoiler wall, and you can say that. I know it was so hard for me to like not talk specifics when I was talking about like Wanda, and I'm yeah. just like, I love her being the force of nature that mm. she is in this film. But that could go both ways, right? You could play that both ways. Oh yeah, I mean, but yeah, but yes, like it's 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 a dangerous line to skirt because we didn't get a lot of that in trailers. Yeah, yeah. Well, because like you think that she's gonna like join them and like mm-hmm. in the in the search for whatever. Uh huh. What a twist! <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward, spectacle. First topic up, and who wants it first? I'll take it first. Go for it. Marty, talking. Get out of your way. Um, spectacle. I actually really liked a lot of the visuals. I give it a nine. Okay. Okay. Um, the uh, like the actual CGI and everything like that was um very well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, it there was never really um the kind of the plasticky CGI that yeah. you, you, you always worry about seeing, especially towards the end where um, progressively all MCUs kind of end up where they're just like, hey, guess what? It is CGI time, it's baby. It's clobbering time. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is what you came here for. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to go ahead and take it. My my favorite part of the film was the, the Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange fight uh, where they are um, uh, throwing musical notes at each other. Yes. Um, and, and making music. And Not making, just throwing yeah, notes. It's, it, it's making music. It was so cool. We're going to come back to this point during, while we're talking about the score, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I, I have that down in the score. Too. Um, but it was so, it was such a sweet idea. And, you know, do you need it? No. But who cares? Well, I mean, it's it's it, when you're having these fights, right? Mm-hmm. And you're having to constantly one up. Well, the last film had a fight that was like this, and the, this other film had a fight like this. How do we make our fights interesting? Yeah, right. So this absolutely 100 percent did that. It was just okay. So there's instruments of music in this room, room, this 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 lounge, this den area, mm-hmm. and and we have sheet music. And we're just gonna we're just gonna go wild and crazy. We're gonna have a classic wizards duel, yep. so to speak. And the theme is music. Yeah. And it was like like on paper, you just write that idea down, it automatically gets a pass. That's a fantastic idea. And it was executed, if not flawlessly, at least very well. Yeah, it was, yes. it was real close to being a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I didn't I, the way it that was, it was a lot of fun yeah the way that sounded was not how i meant to <laughs> i gave it nine so this was close to being a lot of fun. <laughs> i almost enjoyed this um so, so hold on no we're not done yet i'm jumping on this part too i love how marvel had this moment of you know what we don't have in our movies we just we don't have a big score. We don't have the music. And we got to get in there some way. And the only way we know how to is just a bunch of CGI. And fighting. And let's throw it in there. But it also fits. It works plot-wise because it's not just two magicians dueling. It's the same person dueling. Yeah. So at some point, if you, you know, again, I, I talked about this in the pre-spoiler arena of it, it can't just be brute force on brute force because theoretically they're roughly evenly, evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to get weird with it. You have to do something. You have to get Strange. Strange. Oh, it's almost <laughs> like it was built in. You have, you have to do something funky. So it works there, too. And it was well executed, and it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Andrew's opinion. <laughs> My, mm, you did it to yourself. I know I did. All right. So what did, what did you give it? Uh, I gave it an eight. Okay. M- most of the same points. I think we dodged most of the plasticky effects. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly con- – a big point is it's consistent, mm-hmm. right? Once we accept that this is what reality looks like, it needs to look like that the whole way through. And it did that almost the whole way. The very first fight, 
uh, Wong gets thrown into a car. Oh yeah, that that and one that one bad. was rough. Yeah, that one did look good. They don't apparently they don't do those well. I don't know if the, it's that's, the blending that's that's hard. just hard to do. Yeah, I, the thing that I did want to highlight though for CGI was our very first multiverse jump that oh, we get man. to experience. That was so mm-hmm. cool. That was well done. Just just blasting through universe, 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 universe. We're paint now. We're doing these. <laughs> That we're, was we're really animated pretty. now. Yeah, it yeah. was really, really pretty. And I dinged them because we never really came back to any of those concepts. Mm. I mean, okay, so like this is whenever you, you can't be in the paint universe, it's not going to work. No, no, no. But, yeah. but, but we never. <laughs> well, you could if you were in everything everywhere all the time. Yes. <laughs> and, and that that is actually to its detriment that we just had that movie come out or yes. all at once. Sorry. Because, because that film did a, like all of that kind of stuff just better. Yeah, just mm-hmm. consistently better. Yeah. And they didn't, story-wise, they didn't make much use of it. Mm-hmm. And that's a plot consideration later. But also ding them just because everything after that moment, we we're like, oh, this is so cool. We're like blasting through all these different universes. Everything after that was just pretty much just, yeah, this is just a basic standard world. Stuff's a little shinier and plants grow over here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? The, well, and, and that's the problem with quotation marks multiverse things is because of the fact that unless you start already weird, like let's say um, uh, like Into the Spider-Verse, right? Mm -hmm. Where it is an already an animated medium, so you can do a lot more fun stuff just baseline. Yeah. So your reality, the the audience's reality can break a little bit easier Mm -hmm. with that, whereas... Well, it's also easier to keep it consistent because it's all animated. Yeah. So whenever you are, you have live actors on a a soundstage or whatever, and then you're like, all right, we're going to turn you into paint now. Like you can't, you that like like Joel said, you can't film that. Yeah. Like it, well, it's it's also like from a plot perspective, though. It's when it's much safer because it, it, we came here to see Doctor Strange, not the plant that is Doctor well, Strange. Yeah, but but also the i the idea, the way that lore wise it is constructed is you have branching choices that is creating mm-hmm. this this infinite array of possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but like in order to have a universe where people are paint, you have to go so far back. <laughs> To get a branch that creates sentient paint. <laughs> <laughs> or it and, could be happening right now. You don't know, Joel. That that in terms of like the ease of getting to that, in terms of proximity, if you think of it that way, mm-hmm. where, where a close one is where things are almost identical and a far one yeah. is where things are drastically different, then it like it doesn't make any sense that you would go through the one that is just unimaginably different. You well, know, that sounds like we might have a plot issue later on to talk about. It does sound that way. Joel, However, I also gave this an eight for spectacle. Yeah, that's, that's respectable. <laughs> respectable spectacle. Respectable spectacle. Uh, and I, I thought that in in the absence of th- – there was a bit of kind of just the generic I'm going to punch you really hard kind of fighting that was going on uh, outside of the the couple of really iconic fights, like the music fight and the 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 spirits of the damned fight. Yeah, the the first fight um, with the with the tentacle monster Cthulhu or whatever you want to call it. Just kind of we just had a kaiju weird. fight. It, it was, just, it, it was just, yeah, like him and Wong just kind of like doing the like. It just didn't it didn't yeah. feel like anything that was interesting. Well, they weren't they weren't mystic wizards. They were more like martial artists with longer weaponry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think on the, the positive side, something we haven't hit on directly so far is just the brutality of the Wanda versus Illuminati fight oh, sequence. <laughs> and that is that is something that I really enjoyed and I thought was a really good touch because mm-hmm. in this this universe of 
fantastically powerful beings. We just we don't have dismemberments. And there's going to be dismemberments. Everyone who who is fragile just takes the punch anyways because they have to because they should get blown Okay, so talking about at the beginning of the the film, not the very beginning, but when you referenced Wong getting thrown up into the car, right? Yeah. They haven't taken the time to cast like defense spells on themselves. Yeah, no, they're just just people. He's just a dude. Like (laughs) his back is broken from that impact. Yeah. And and you don't even get, you know, explanation somewhere in universe of, oh, well, you know, it's just a ritual they go through where they have cast strengthening on themselves. But the thing is, and that kind of gets belied because if you go to what if, there is is an episode concerning Doctor Strange where he does apply protection spells to himself and it's a key part of the way that the fight unfolds later on in in that episode. And That's so like reading, I did not. So like <laughs> you can, you can do that kind of thing and it actually enhances the story right. as opposed to just uh, taking up time. Well, and it also gives you tension, right? They have the scene with the assault on Comertage where you mm-hmm. have a shield. Mm-hmm. And oh, that, that also didn't look very good. No, I probably didn't. should have knocked it a point on that. I totally one, forgot about one, that. The, there's the pressure of the actual shield and also how do you circumvent it and how Wanda circumvents yeah. it. And you could add these elements instead of it's just well you know he's dr strange he always just bounces off things well what if it was <laughs> he has he has these he's spells so and he only has so much of a reserve before he's in actual danger right and like you can depict that visually because like in Dune in, did it. in what if he had like little little glowing runes that were on his face yeah and as he was taking hits some of the runes were falling off mm-hmm. right and it looks and really so, good visually yeah and you get um progress so you feel like that you can tell where in the fight you are. And, and there's, the there's, a time, there's a time limit right. on the fight. Yeah. So yeah. It, it adds tension and it also adds interest because you feel the progression of time. It's it's almost like limitations birth creativity. Well, they, they birth good storytelling at any rate. Which is creativity. <laughs> in theory, at least. Um, yeah. Like the, the Illuminati fight was, was fun just because Wanda is just this insurmountable wall that they have never been able to experience before. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Strange is like, no, 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 you guys don't, no, you don't get it. And they're like, no, it's fine. I'm like, oh, you're going well, to be a bad we're time. In a, in a world of, of ridiculous power scales. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people on the scale don't realize how far down they are until yeah. they're, they're told. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and, and that was Wanda's way of being reasonable. Yes. <laughs> up to that point, it was very reasonable. <laughs> We done with spectacle. We move yeah, forward? yeah, let's move yeah, on yeah. to performance. Performance. Uh, Andrew went first last time. I'm gonna go first this time. All I'm right, change up a little bit. Uh, I gave it an eight. Ooh, yet. what? Yeah. So I have to know. I don't know. I don't know that anyone got a ton to work with. Okay. Uh huh. But I think our two mains sold out with what they had. Two mains being Wanda and. and Benedict. Yeah. yeah. I, I, again, I'm not prepared to tell you that they got a great story to work with, and we're going to get to that a little further down. But up to this point, do I, do I expect Dr. Strange to be the smug, arrogant? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Do I expect Wanda to be the emotionally unhin- damaged, unhinged mother, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we had a couple of good pieces with that that they did well. And I'm, that, I'm just going to say it. That's what I said. All right, so I am super curious. I don't know which direction you're reacting this harshly from, Andrew. So I'm going to go ahead and 
give my piece and then we'll end on yours and we can be shocked together. <laughs> uh, but I also gave it an eight. Oh, my God. Um, because <laughs> I I thought that Elizabeth Olsen absolutely knocked it out of the park. Oh, no, she did. She, she, she did, was fantastic. She did not get as much as I wanted her to get. But what she put on the screen was fantastic um, in she terms was, of her emotional range. She it was, was the it was saving great. grace of the film. Um, I uh, we know where the score is going. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cumberbatch. I thought did a good job with given even less uh, because he had to play the same character four times, yeah, and that's that's part of where you and you, all of them were distinct. Yeah, you give it a, a give it some extra because all of our different strangers were different, and they even while they behaved believably as like I you know I recognize oh that's Doctor Strange, they were also different. Yeah, like. When you get into this hole, you have to fight this in this scene, you're the good guy. In that scene, you're also the bad guy. Coincidentally, you're fighting each other. Like that's that's <laughs> an extra step of you got to do something different. You got to have something. And so while there have been recently and uh, other examples of multiverse stuff where you have the same actor playing the same yeah. character, mm -hmm. different ways that maybe did it better, I still thought he did it admirably. Um, for the whole cast of supporting characters, I don't think they were given anything. And then, and so I don't think they did much with what they weren't given. So, yeah. uh, so I give it a six. Okay. All right. That's, um, that's really not that massive a drop off. No, it, it's not. Um, I definitely don't think it was an eight, but no, basically Elizabeth Olsen gave it a six. Um, was the saving grace of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, she had a fantastic performance and I'm sorry that she had to deal with basically everyone else. And that's, <laughs> um, that's even admitting that she didn't really have a complete arc because half the, the first part of the arc is kind of cut off it's cut, yeah. in the film. And, it just doesn't exist. Well, okay, and that's the thing is like there wasn't any quotation marks bad performances here. I still gave it a six. It was really more in the fact that it felt like especially um, both Benedicts were kind of phoning it in. Um, and Cumberbatch only got really like one like just his his scene with himself mm -hmm. um, when he's fight, fighting himself or whatever, like that is the only one that actually had any kind of yeah. like emotional weight and to like, it. And like I lay that at the writing, but it's really hard to parse those apart at some uh, point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but other than that, like uh, every other character just kind of existed on screen. Yeah. Um, uh, and I just was not impressed in the least. I mean, like it was, it was kind of not. I mean, it was fun seeing Patrick Stewart on on screen, but yeah, he wasn't. True. He wasn't for in like the film three seconds as an uh, idiot. Yeah, he wasn't in the <laughs> film long enough for him to even really like calculate as a as a performance. Score. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't count anyone in those and, and the Illuminati or yeah, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, like, and I think and I think that hurt it too in terms of performance is that you had a lot of. I mean, you had Patrick Stewart, you had uh, Krasinski, mm -hmm. you, you know, you had these. Um, these uh, objectively actors good actors and actresses that have are either being brought in here new as fresh references or referencing other franchises or referencing ways that the MCU could have gone different. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just got to spend so little time with them that their performance doesn't really have any room to breathe or register at all. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, like Rachel McAdams, I don't know how much they paid her to come back to the MCU, mm -hmm. um, but they had to pay her a lot. <laughs> um, and she just, I mean, like she kind of played the same, the same role that she did the last time. Mm -hmm. um, except she was just slightly more integral to the plot. Tell plot. you what though, I really did love the one look 
that she gave when Strange has left her wedding to go fight the monster, which <laughs> yeah. is just like a block away. Yeah. And and like she just gives this huff like, of course, Stephen made this about him. Yep. <laughs> Somehow he still finds a way. Yeah. Well, and then her her husband's like, "Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm a big fan. Oh, great. Yeah, that's just what I want to hear." Uh, but, but speaking of the waste, uh, so I mean, Baron Mordo is. I'm going to butcher his name because I always do. Uh, Chuete Ejiofor. Sure. Yeah, that's as close <laughs> as I'm going to get to it. And he's a really good actor. Yeah. And again, in like I I absolutely loved his performance in the first yeah, Doctor Strange. In, in film. First Strange, mm-hmm. there was a lot going on between the two of them, and mm-hmm. in this, we kind of. He's he's a throwaway character essentially, yeah. And you just took some some legitimately some pretty good people on screen. You just didn't give them any time, right? Yeah. So that's 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 one of those. It, it can't help the score, mm-hmm. and it kind of almost hurts it because like, well, you you gave me a like you hung it out there and then just zipped it away from you. Know, okay. Oh, I will say the the two kids that played Wanda's kids, they actually did a really good job. Um, yeah, because they're, I mean, they're, just, I mean, they're just kids. It's basically bit parts. Uh, yeah, and they they definitely mm-hmm. featured a lot more heavily in 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 one division. Yeah, had a lot more screen time there. But um, but yeah, like they're they. I have no complaints with the child actors in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's time to move on to the score, and I think Joel. I've not gone first yet. Joel gets it. All right. So I gave score an eight. Okay. Um, I felt that generally speaking, it's kind of your run of the mill MCU score. Like it's just not anything super fantastic. It gets the job done with a couple of of big breakouts. Um, one of which being the music fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the entire fight not only is about visually manipulating music, but about actually manipulating the sounds in the space. And so right. that plays out through the score where they have the music following the attacks that you see on screen um and that that sort of integration of the different building blocks of the the piece the the visual the acting the music all mm-hmm. coming together into this really seamless product uh is not something you see very often and I was I was very impressed yeah I I I'm going to jump in cuz I think we're going to scale up here I think I gave it an 8 mhm and I think the big thing for me, because it's a lot of the similar points as Joel, it's it's fairly sort of standard MCU stuff, except the tinges of horror. Mm. I think they did a good job. Even the music scene, the initial when he gets blasted back through the music into the piano, he hits the piano and it does, it starts into a bit of the horror bit. The, 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 I can't do it just with my own mouth, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. It, it dips, dips into horror music in that moment. And some of the music that they're passing back and forth is horror, but other bits of the movie had pieces where you would have, you would expect there to be kind of the grand, you know, Marvel-esque, mm-hmm. superhero-esque music, but it would always have a, maybe a little twist to it or to kind of die off into uh, maybe a little bit of that horror tinging. I like seeing that connection to kind of the, the, the uh, just a little taste of, of horror that ran through the movie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew? Uh, so I, I also gave it an eight. Oh, okay. Well, no, we just parody. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, honestly, the score was, was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it had like, you know, I, I like good sweeping scores and uh, did a really good job with that. The horror elements and stuff really added to it. I felt, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Elfman did the score for this and yeah. he did a fantastic job. I thought, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, overall, like I, I didn't really have any complaints. Uh, probably the only reason I knocked it two points because there's no specific light motif or theme that I can hum 
or listen to outside of watching the film. Yeah, yeah there's nothing you don't you exit the theater. You don't have a specific thing in your head. Yeah. And I and you know, and that's kind of the that's kind of the theme with MCU films is there's really only one theme, which is the Avengers theme, and not every film is an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's hard to put that in there because you don't have the the uh, a symbol moment on screen. Yeah, and you know, like I, you know, I still have that track on you know on my my epic playlist, you know, mm-hmm. that I have on Spotify, and um, you know, I wouldn't put any of this music on that. But like, as to to kind of talk about what we're missing out on. With that being the case, imagine, if you will, a world where every character in the original Avengers ensemble had their own distinct, recognizable, fantastic leitmotif, Mm -hmm. musical theme that all got woven together to create the Avengers theme. Wouldn't that just be chillingly awesome? And and even when you only have two or three members of it on stage, you could still put those together and make something out of it. Yeah, it's 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 a little sad. A lot of work. A lot of, mm-hmm. but like ultimately the artistry that you get out of it is, is that's how you, you make art is a lot of work. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and just for, just for context, um, for those of you who have, who have not heard of Danny Elfman before, you're probably very familiar with his work from The Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. or um, uh, Batman or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory which, or Edward which Scissorhands. Bat, which Batman? 1989? Uh, n- yeah, 1989. Yeah, so like the one that everybody references for musicality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice, Mars Attacks, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. I, he's done a lot of stuff. He did yeah. Batman Returns. Like he is very good at what he does and he loves the kind of Tim Burton-esque, horror-esque kind of films. Yeah, and he, he does well a good with job that. with those. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah. Well, moving forward on to the, the plot. plot, I I I think Joel has to go last. Okay, well, okay. So based on the scores that we have, and based on the average that we that we have landed on, his score must be abysmally low. Must be. Joel has to go last. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go first. Go for it. Um, and I'm gonna I'm only gonna touch on a little bit because Joel has two no, pages. No, the reason he's going last is so we can eat up some of that material. Hopefully. <laughs> he has two and pages I'll just be like, of notes. Okay. This is what you missed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I gave it a six. Mm-hmm. Um okay. mostly because the plot just felt really convoluted and there's a lot of conveniences that bothered me um throughout, especially at the end, whenever um Strange is like, all right, I'm gonna go under and I'm gonna dream move over to the zombie mm. me which has probably only been sitting there for like what a day. And now he's like fully decomposed and all this other kind of stuff anyways. Mm. Um, but then like, he's like, you need to protect me from the, um, from the, the spirits of the damned. So good luck with that. Yeah. No, no context, no, right. no yeah. context, no, no information, no like, Hey, this is how you do it. And, and she didn't even have, you have an opportunity for one of those reactions. Like where he like goes into the trance, like, well, what do you mean to that? And they didn't even do that. Yeah, she just accepted it. So then she's like, okay, yeah, sure. And then like immediately bad things start happening and then she just picks up some random vase or something yeah, and, and like then and like puts a candle she, in it. She and, mentions, oh, that's the vase of blah, blah, blah. Like she knows what this magical well, artifact well, hold on, is. No, she hold on. is the Illuminati version multi. Oh, that's true. That's and, true. And she does talk about that the technology is researched from the sands of 
Vishnanti. Some Vishnanti. A, a magical artifact. So she has familiarity with some yeah. stuff. So yeah. that's what he's relying on. But they really go to great pains to not make it obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, well, in, you know, it's like so the one thing that could help her defend herself against the 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 spirits of the dam just happens to be like right next to her. Right. Whenever she's being attacked by these things. Okay, come on. Let's get let's get over that. Yeah. Um, also, the I, I understand that they they do talk about it at the end of the film whenever he is talking to America and saying, hey, you know, hey, you actually can control it because you got us to the right places at the right times. You know, whenever we multiverse jumped and everything like that, I still feel that that's not that that's implying that she had an idea of what she needed to do where like her power at the time was only working whenever she was scared. Oh yeah. No, like there's definitely a couple of instances of, Oh, how did I write it? I was very, I was very, I, I, I liked the way I wrote it. <laughs> it felt very unearned. Yeah, no. So either that it was try harder and believe in yourself. That was the conflict resolution <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> You're right. It was. Yeah. And and that is so unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beca because like whenever whenever I watch shows that that have basically the kind of like re conflict resolution of, oh, the power of friendship or just it, believe in yourself inside you all along. Uh, like, yeah. like that's a kid show. Well, or or there has to have been some serious emotional trauma and we have to have really explore it. We have to spend some time. Right. We like, have to wallow like in this maybe, trauma. Maybe the issue is self-confidence, but like yeah. you have to establish that the we, issue we, is self-confidence. We, we don't need just one little trip down memory lane, literally. And also one person telling you to have self-confidence does not give you self-confidence. Especially, the, like there's not a huge, and there's some relationship there, but not really. Yeah. You know, your your mother comes back or something. Yeah, okay, cool. That one, yeah, we'll, we'll come through with this. But. Yeah. yeah, the the other thing is too, and I, I mostly just have a problem with this just general trope in action films, is if you don't see the character die, then they're not dead. And um, one, we didn't, like whenever she pushed Wong off the cliff. Oh, you knew he was coming back. You knew he was yeah. coming back. You know that there's no way that he's dead. Um, and then, you know, they cut to him, what, like probably 20 or 30 minutes later and he's just hanging there. Yeah. Um, it's like, okay. He's laying on an impossibly small ledge. Uh, yeah. That he didn't um, bounce off of because yeah. physics didn't work that moment. And yeah. again, his back is not broken because he's super Wong apparently. A little yeah. bloody. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, this is the same thing with, with Wanda whenever everything crumbles on her, you know, she's not dead. She's going to come back. I mean, maybe. No, she's totally good. Well, you, you did not, okay. she was not stabbed. And she did not die a slow death, and and she did not have the 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 final being a villain redeeming factors of I just wanted to love my kids, and then ugh, last breath, like everything crumbles on top of her. She is the Scarlet Witch. She is literally more powerful than Thanos. Like that's it. So, I mean, I could, I could, I could see it go either way. Okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna jump in. Okay, <laughs> I gave it a six. Okay, there's a theme here. Uh, one of my objections, again, is the multiverses were very same, same, except for when we needed, you know, some cameos. Same, same, but still different. But still different, but still same. Yeah. And honestly, this is a lost opportunity. We we talked about in the pre-spoiler wall, the difficulty and the unwieldiness sometimes of sustaining these stories for so long, right? Yeah. And one of those factors we didn't really cover is, well, you have to lock these actors in for long contracts. Yeah. They have to keep showing up. And in this process, they're becoming names and they have opportunities to do something else and make money doing other things, right? Mm -hmm. You had an opportunity in all these multiverses. What if instead of it being Elizabeth Olsen possessing Elizabeth Olsen, 
it's Elizabeth Olsen possesses somebody else as Wanda. And now if this universe's version of Wanda has actually killed herself, well, now the other universes can come out seeking. And now we have new stories with a new character. And it means the other, you know, it means Elizabeth Olsen could go do something else. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the contract looks like for her. I mean, Doctor Who's been doing this successfully for a very long time. For a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just not that difficult. And while I get it, we, we have, some pretty good people on screen doing this. We want to make use of them to the maximum extent. At some point, again, as far forward thinking as these, this, the whole series has been, they, they probably should have been looking at that maybe. Well, at the same time, though, one thing that I do applaud the general outline of the MCU for is giving characters an end, right? Yeah. And yes. yeah. And, and, and like, like actually killing them. Right. Yeah. Like, so with, <laughs> with, Tony Stark and with Steve Rogers, those characters are gone. They're done. Mm-hmm. We're not expecting to see any return by those characters at any point. And, and I would point out that Steve Rogers was neither stabbed nor any of that. <laughs> he died of old age. But, but he happened. But like, I mean, he had a clear yeah, ending. He had a closure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what that does though, is that that provides the out that you're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we're no longer tied to these actors. Right. But it also, you, you're, you have some awkwardness of passing the mantle. Right. When the other character is still just standing next to them. Yeah. And the the universal swaps gives you an out. Right. It does. Out. It does. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have another objection to the souls of the damned. OK. And it's not on the side of Strange or uh, Rachel McAdams. Christine. Christine's Chris, the character. Christine. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember I think her that's name. What it is. It's the other side. Right. So one, we don't totally know how these things work. Is it the first time you use the book? Is it the first time you dreamwalk? Is it just because you are? I, I think it was just because he was dreamwalking into a corpse. Is well, yeah, is that it's it? because he was yeah. reanimating the dead. Yeah. Okay. He was becoming a necromancer. See, I wasn't sure if the, how how again because that was, was the implication that I got on screen. Yeah, that, that's um, I, I because felt, because Wanda didn't have any problems with with that that we know of. So, and that was actually my curiosity was well, if this is associated with the book, then how does throwing something she's already experienced at her, you know, like mess with her at all? Yeah. Just be like, oh, I've been here, done that. No, I, well, I think it was specifically the corpse walking. Well, but that's, that's the thing, fair. though, is is Wanda. But then how does he know that that's going to be a problem? That's OK. So I got he knows a lot of stuff in that, this film that he has no business knowing. He's not the Sorcerer Supreme. He does not have access to these, <laughs> to these knowledge. Like he was the Sorcerer Supreme. No. I'm not even talking about this is like stuff that nobody in his universe knows that he looks at one piece of evidence and he's like, aha, I have discovered a universal truth. Well, but did, didn't <laughs> he like at the end of. Strange one, he was the Sorcerer Supreme? Yes. The reason he wasn't the Sorcerer Supreme at this one is well, because yeah, he died. He, he, he was gone for well, five he years. Well, he was dusted. He, he, yeah. He, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, I guess he was for a little Yeah. While. So, I mean, like, in theory, he should have some but he level doesn't, of knowledge. he doesn't ever do the required reading. He does no, the reading. Not. He's he does the, he does he the reading it. he's interested in. Yeah, he wins yeah. it. Um, but, but, like, like my biggest thing with the with reanimating the corpse was the fact that like the body had literally just died like that day. Uh, and now that's not, but you don't know there, there is an undisclosed amount of time that passes between whenever they leave the, the normal. Oh, a, he was unconscious. Universe. Didn't he, didn't they say that he was unconscious for like two days in but, captivity? But a, a, a corpse does not decay well, that well, fast. But my point isn't to the amount of time from when they found it to when, wherever they ended up with. My point is how long it's been dead because you don't, we don't actually know how long America's been in that universe. From the point of his dream. Um, but actually, I will say one other thing that see. sort of is in defense of that. 
that body was riddled with with some sort of venom from the creature. Yeah, he, that he also gets him. stabbed by okay, the creature. That's that is totally fair, and we'll wipe that one off. I will wipe that one from the record. Yeah, but it's still here. It's just wiped the record from it's me. Just, it's just kind of. <laughs> it's, it's like when the judge says, <laughs> "The judge says strike that from the record," but the jury heard it. We all know what happened. <laughs> all right, Joel. All take right. some cracks at this. Okay, so you guys both gave this a six, mm-hmm. which is a number divisible by three. And I also gave it a number divisible by three. Which is three. Which is three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. We still haven't breached the below three. We're, 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 we're pegging the floor here. <laughs> okay, so let's let's uh, just start going down the list. Where it gives um, us the bullets. Dreams that are. Uh, are always windows into other lives in the multiverse. Okay. That is established in the film based on one piece of evidence mm-hmm. that, that the thing that he dreamed actually happened. And he dreamed about this girl who, oh, no, no, there's more pieces of evidence than that. Bad Dr. Strange says, you know, that dream where you're falling. Oh, but that was later. That was, no, 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 no. See, I've, I've got this, this, that's an under another bullet point. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like he takes a look at one piece of evidence and then he lights upon a underlying foundational truth about the way that the multiverse works without any sort of other supporting evidence. Wait, or is he the one that lands that? Yeah, he just says, oh, well, dreams, blah, 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 blah. I thought America then, told him and that. And then after he does that, every other character he meets already knows it. Everyone. <laughs> it doesn't make any freaking sense. <laughs> well, also, if and, you, Sorry, go ahead. If you consider the fact that you have Loki with the TVA where multiverses aren't allowed to exist uh-huh. and people were still dreaming. Yeah, then. absolutely. So, yeah. Like it's, yeah, the, it's, it's completely nonsensical. The, the timing of the Loki multiverse thing, again, it's one of my complaints about everything looking the same, right? We had Loki, we got Gator Loki, we had the Loki where he killed Thor at the age of 12 or whatever. And mm. then we go into this and every Wanda has powers and has these kids and if they live in the same house, they reuse the set. Yeah. And <laughs> like it, at least have her grow up on the West coast or something like, come on. Uh, I, I thought that the, we already talked about the Illuminati fight pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was really, I don't know, it, it, for one thing, they've already established that the power levels between Wanda and, um, Captain Marvel are at least in the same weight class. Generally. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it did not feel that way, uh, in this fight. At least at not all. for this Marvel. Well, not uh, for this Marvel. And, and so there was, there was definitely a, a sense of like kind of a lack of investment because you already haven't spent much time with those characters, right? Well, it, it's all like, okay, from a combat perspective, it could be just the surprise factor of, I mean, it, oh, it, this it person is be, way stronger than I was expecting it to be. It, but I'm really just talking about it from the perspective of what reaction do you get from the audience? Yeah. And so it, it felt like there was definitely, there, to me, it seemed like there was a pacing problem with that fight because it, it didn't have a lot of twists and turns. It was just, Combatant one comes up, Wanda kills them. Combatant two comes up, Wanda kills them. <laughs> and so forth and so on until they're all gone. And there's no variation of that. There's no tactical interest in that. There's nothing to draw the audience in and and make them feel tension, right? Well, because I think that there there wasn't meant to be tension in the fight because you already know that Wanda like the second that the second that Doctor Strange is like, hey, you need to be careful. I need to help you fight. Wanda because we can't we cannot beat her mm-hmm. and they're like no 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 we got it you already know that every single one in that yeah. room is dead you know they're yeah. screwed and and it so it's not about what happens in the fight it is the inevitability 
of watching well, Wanda finish what she came to Well, do. in that case, maybe it was too long, right? Yeah. Now, that, that I do agree so, with. That. So, like, it either needed to, 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 it needed to fish or cut bait, right? Like, it yeah. either, it either needed to garner more investment or be a lot shorter. Yeah. And I totally agree with that because the, her, Captain Carter should not have given her any problem yeah. at all, yeah. ever. Not even a blink of an eye. I also really liked the shield throw. It doesn't work. 30 seconds later, the shield throw, <laughs> it doesn't work. Is this all you've got? Like, it, yes, it's, the answer it is, is yes. It is yes. always funny in yes. the MCU because, you know, Captain, not Captain Carter in this case, but Captain America in general is, is you know, top Avenger type thing. And he is so far down the power scale of so many <laughs> things out and we there. Have, we haven't even started talking about Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, no, we, haven't, we haven't even got into the dude with the bow, yeah. right? And the, the, the sort of risks that you are taking as a super serum enhanced soldier, et cetera. So, you know, like Winter Soldier, like you got like a bionic arm, bro. Like you are, you, you can shoot a gun good. That's nice. <laughs> uh, you know, the Falcon, you can fly around and fast and it just makes it easy to swatch you out. Like there are so many characters who are so far down the power scale Com it, compared to like Wanda or, or Captain or Marvel. Marvel yeah. or, or, and it's nice to see that thrown out there. It just, it either needs to be faster or not. It, well, and, yeah. and you, the reason why Captain Carter lived for so long is because she is an actor and a character that people know more. Right. And they, and mm -hmm. they like, and they, yeah. and they like, yeah, they so really they like. wanted her to have a quotation marks fight, even though it is an inevitability that she is going to die. Yeah. And uh, hold on. I'm not, I'm not done objecting right now. <laughs> I will we, put my notes away. We have another, <laughs> we have another problem. So strange and Mordo fight, right? Yeah. And they fall down the, the pit of carcoon, the, 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 the little, the trench that separates the, the, the ones on trial from the. It's a All drainage. It's Illuminati. a drainage ditch. Okay, it's, it's, it's a ditch it's that's in the Jurassic Park to stop the T Rex from getting to yeah, it's a, it's the road. A it's a cattle ditch. Yeah, so they, so they fall in there, right? And then Strange parkours off of him up the wall and gets mm -hmm. out. And I, I initially thought, oh, Mordo's knocked out, right? That's no, the only he's just no. He's, he's yelling and screaming at him as he leaves. Like in earlier in the fight, he literally does the thing where he steps on air with the magic. Like, dude, you could just oh, walk no, no, no. out of the he's, hole. Oh, no, no, no. He's got um, one of the bracelets yeah, he, yeah, keeping him from using his magnet yeah. magic. Yeah, so but where's the other bracelet? It's, it's on, on strange. strange. So what, what happened is he, okay, he used one then. of Mordo's attacks to break, break it, break mm -hmm. it and, and one of them came off of him. So he was like still restrained by one of them. That's right. Which that's dampened right. his powers. Okay, so but I, he was I able wanted, to... I wanted to object to this. I guess I have to allow it now. <laughs> continue, Joel. Okay, continue so with your continuation. <laughs> so, um, on general, like major event plot issues, the the last one that I've got here is Wanda destroying the Darkhold in every universe. That doesn't make any sense at it, all. Not at all. So, like, we've you already could, we destroyed one Darkhold in that universe, right? So, what what she did is she destroyed the temple that was that was the first place that the, those the spells were written point, down. Right? Yeah. But like, there's got to be another one of those in every other universe. If there's a too. dark hold in the other universe, yeah. then theoretically there must be the temple where it was written. And so in there's that there's no like there's some sort of indications that the Scarlet Witch is a being that like um like America doesn't exist in everywhere. Right? But then she does. Uh, well, Wanda does. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, but not. But, no, but the she Scarlet has powers. Witch. Well, no, no, but this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, this but is like, this is like Jean Grey versus the Phoenix, right? Which is, this is a actually it's totally wasted it is, on it. It is very much that same storyline. Yeah, what's it, happening it, it is. I, I, like the second you said that, my my mind just kind of went blank, and no, I was like, yes, four, four, those four are words that I've heard. <laughs> 
but anyway, so like being so so there's some potential to to twist the narrative and say, well, she has an innate connection to all realities. Uh, but they didn't, they didn't talk about that. They, they didn't, didn't foreshadow yeah. that, that nothing, nothing there. And so, and then again, <laughs> strange looks at the one piece of evidence that this book that's in the universe that he's trapped in now burns up. And he's like, Oh, she destroyed it everywhere. We're safe. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> jolly wow, good job. Dumb you have here. no idea what you're talking about. Stop. <laughs> uh, but then the rest of the stuff is all like the character writing. Because like I talked about Wanda, like she starts out in the second act of her story at the beginning of the, the mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And, and that's unsatisfying because like I really wanted a moment where she has she has been convinced she could do things peaceably. Mm-hmm. She could find a solution that everyone is happy with and it could work. And you as the audience can see it working and you can see everyone being happy. And then someone else makes, makes a choice a yep. yeah. that pushes her and she's like, she okay, snaps. now we're done. And yeah. And I, now and I'm no longer yeah, reasonable. Like that would have been so satisfying. And I really feel like, cause you know, there's a lot of objections to the end of WandaVision, which mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to spoil cause that's not what we're behind a spoiler wall for, but there are objections that kind of, she got off light in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really feel like, because a lot of people are like, oh, well she's so, it's like, but what she was doing was horrible. And I mean, she, she is a soft villain. Right. And I, well, I feel like the people writing this movie took that and kind of took that feedback and said, okay, well, she was just being a bad person, but she wasn't per se. Like, so there are villains and there are villains, right? There's the villain who's convinced they are righteous mm-hmm. and nothing is going to change and, their and, mind. And genocide is the only thing that or, they, or, yeah. right. Or dissuade them. Mm-hmm. And then there's a villain who's kind of like Wanda, where it's kind of like, she's gone down this path. And this is the path she's chosen, but there are other options and she's not super sold that she's definitely doing that. I mean, she gets, she gets broken by just her kids crying, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, she's not full commit to this concept yeah. as much as she wants to claim she is. So she doesn't come off as a great villain because we don't get right. The moment you, the moment, the, the, the snap. Point, the, yeah, the, yeah. The point of break. Right. The, the point of break either happened on screen in WandaVision and we all missed it. Or it happened somewhere in between and everyone in this universe who had an interest in her missed it because Strange is like, <laughs> yo, I've seen these runes before. That's what witches do. I'm going to go to the only witch I know that exists and ask her about these. Oh, you were the one. Golly gee, Willikers never saw that coming. <laughs> um, so Wanda is very similar to like Mr. Freeze from Batman uh, where like he is, he's a bad guy, mm-hmm. but he's not a bad guy. Like he has, like I mean, like he has emotional investment to like save his wife and right. He has he has uh, relatable motivations. Yeah, where yeah, he's he's way more nuanced because he wants to save his wife. Wanda wants to go to another universe and baby nap some other Wanda's <laughs> kids to fill the void. No, I mean like of the manufactured it, kids. She made relatively her similar concept. No, I, I get the idea. It's, yeah. Um, and but, but the thing is, one of these is a character that you potentially, if you've done all the required reading, uh, have followed from being she was on a, the lunchbox, right? A, a troubled hero through uh, a number of character arcs, resulting mm-hmm. in a very, very intriguing point of crisis yeah. at the end of One Division. And you want to know, okay, how does this crisis resolve? And I want to watch it resolve. And then it's just and it it's already done. Yeah. By the time you get to this film, the crisis is over. I want to see a good actor go through this crisis moment and she could do it. And then she just never gets to. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like what I would like to see, you know, 
as as an inverse of like if they ever, you know you had a, a different story that was written for Doctor Strange this where is, this is not where, the what if this is the what happened yeah <laughs> where where basically you know like everyone is getting along and they're like hey we're gonna try and figure out a way for you to you know get your kids and all mm-hmm. this other kind of stuff and everyone's happy but there's that one sorcerer apprentice or whatever that is like no this is wrong we don't need to do this you're messing with the multiverse you know blah 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 yeah. blah blah and then, you know, like they're about to do it and then the apprentice, you know, destroys the book or whatever. And then that is like Wanda's no more reasonable time. Yeah. Like and yeah. everyone, everyone is going to die yeah, now. Give, give me the snap <laughs> on screen. Yeah. Like, and please. And it was it was very unsatisfying seeing that not happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so speaking of unsatisfying, it sounds like we're going into entertainment. No, no. I had I had one more. Point. Uh, get it out. Get it out. <laughs> uh, and this was actually about Wong. Okay. So Wong in this film is 100, even though he, he takes, is. hits like a champ. It, he does. <laughs> Absolutely. He's the uh, next Rocky. <laughs> uh, but he is billed as the Sorcerer Supreme. He is given all the accolades by the whole other Sorcerer community. And it's just strange that still won't bow to him. And he's, you know, they're, they're old buddies. And so he's taking it in good humor. But he's like. I'm the Sorcerer Supreme, dude. You should probably show me a little respect. And yeah. by the end of the film, Strange has somehow grown enough that he now bows to Wong. So I guess that's fine. But um, <laughs> the the problem is the way that Wong, Wong is written throughout the film is still as the sidekick. Yep. Yeah. He is he is not written as a leader. He has no tactical acumen whatsoever, no ability to make hard decisions. He uh, caves to Wanda's demands immediately uh, embarrassingly kind of I, I get with, with no plan like like i totally get the fake out of okay don't kill the people that didn't die in the initial attack and i'll take you to this place and then he takes her to some far off place and then attacks her to get himself killed so that she has no leads right or, or right like, what's well, time to keep her busy with fake yeah crap, whatever what else can i think of that but, looks like this but nothing he totally caves and he takes her to the one place that in the whole world that sh- has the thing that she needs to destroy <laughs> the multiverse yeah and, it, was, it was pretty embarrassing and, to watch. and and he goes there with no plan with the, his whole plan is well i'll take her to the place and then she'll kill me and then like that'll be that and then everyone else will die too <laughs> yeah. and it'll be fine and but but <laughs> He does a complete reversal at the end when he's like, strange, you have to kill the girl to keep her power away from from Wanda. And it's like, that's that's the call you should have made with your four acolytes back at the thing is just they signed up. for Yeah, like it was it was it was not it did not do that character justice because it was an excellent opportunity to show growth in tertiary characters Mm -hmm. that they just completely ignored. And he's always been a really consistent character before Mm -hmm. that, too. Yeah, yeah. So it was unfortunate. Yep. Uh, so moving on to the entertainment. Yes. Who wants to be? Are you not entertained? Um, I give it an eight. You are, in fact. He entertained. was entertained. That is, yeah, that that is a threshold is... of rewatch. Uh, mo- okay. Honestly, mostly because of the the middle act of the film, the fir- the first and the final act are not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, minus the the um, the musical fight, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but the middle act, because it is just a straight horror film of watching probably my favorite MCU character, Wanda, just decimate everyone in her path yeah. and being a true horror villain to where they're running down a, a gloomy corridor, mm-hmm. trying to just get away from her as quickly as possible. And she's got the the glowing red eyes. Mm-hmm. She's limping. She has blood all over her face. She's angry. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. That is unreasonable wanda and i love it full, full on <laughs> implacable foe yeah 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 i would watch it again just for that but yeah i could probably skip the entire first half 
uh, and then like basically the end, end yeah completely <laughs> yeah so so i also gave it an eight uh and yeah yeah i, I like the i like the horror elements so you know i've, I've already said that a couple times i like mm-hmm. the you know the vader in a hallway that we got with wanda yeah of just we just can't stand up to this we have yep. to do something else yeah well and, and even at the end they still couldn't like like no one can beat wanda except like, herself except basically. herself yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> I got to get this in here. I got a couple of good digs in the middle of the movie. Just, you know, like something whispered into Lauren's uh, <laughs> as it's happening. But the, the, when, you know, Christine tells him, well, their souls are the damned and you're a master of the mystic arts. Use them. Right. And he gathers them about them like a cloak. I leaned over and was like, you'll have to toss me. <laughs> and then he did it. <laughs> so sad. Cause I wasn't convinced that's what was going to happen. And they just leaped. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was, that was another, just believe in yourself moment. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's like, just, uh, yeah. It's like, is this, is this how that works? Yeah. Be- because like, they've already been seen flying. So now they're just a bunch of birds that are picking you up and then <laughs> moving you where you need to go. It was a really fun visual. Oh, it looked fantastic. It was really great. The airspeed but... velocity of an unladen soul of the dam. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, overall it was fun. I, I like the uh, kind of a Marvel growth moment of we've, we've seen other things mm-hmm. and we had a new thing in the horror element and we actually had a a pretty good score, which is nice. It's refreshing. There's a lot of Marvel movies, not naming names, that sometimes you're just like, where was the music? Yeah. And this one was on screen. So yeah, it was yeah, yeah. And, the, and the music was pretty good. Yeah. Joel? Uh, well, I gave it a six. Okay. Um, I, I was there for the characters and I didn't feel like the characters showed up. Yeah, and, this, this is a popcorn flick yeah. that had a lot of emotional weight that could have been more. And, and so, and Elizabeth Olsen gave it everything that she had. And she did a fantastic job, but they left half the story out of the movie. Yeah. And, I just, and the important half. Yeah. You need to know these things. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe that'll happen in WandaVision season two. If there is a WandaVision I, season yeah, two. I, I doubt it. I doubt yeah. it. I, I really doubt it. It was a yeah. very specific concept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, you'll never be able to recreate that same kind of magic the second mm-hmm. time. Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Because we definitely don't want to go see... To mid 2000s and mid 2010s <laughs> TV again. We've already been there. Oh, let's do the Friends episode. Can we not? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but on that note, that sounds like all the time we have for this episode. So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joel. And as always, every spoiler was intended. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can support the show for as low as $1 at patreon.com slash spoilersintendedpodcast. We also have a Discord server and would love to have more people joining in the conversation. Links are in the description below. Thank you.